0: God just woke you guys up. (laughs) Now start paying attention again, please. On I-4 and 436, getting on the ramp to I-4, it's a long ramp, and one uh, day I was get on I-4, and there was a lot of traffic that day, and as I was heading down uh, the ramp, I noticed down there was a guy who was not going to let me go all the way. So I saw him kind of hog his lane and my lane, but I was all right with that. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I figured when he moved over, I could cut in and go into his side. And as soon as I got close enough to do that, when he saw me get in his spot, he moved over and cut me off. I'm okay. My problem started when I got in the middle lane, and as I passed him, I looked over to see him, And he told me, he not told me, but he kind of showed me that I was number one. And I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. I didn't do anything. So I got in front of him, and I started going slow. And then I started thinking, I got to get to work. So I kind of took off, but then it, it was still bothering me. So I decided to wait for him. And he got in front of me, and I got behind him, but I didn't get behind him like normal human being would. I was behind him. And he would move to the left lane, I would move to the left lane. He'd go to the m- middle lane, I would move to the middle lane. He would speed, I would speed. He'd slow down, I'd slow down. And all of a sudden, while all this is in process, something hits me and says, what is wrong with you? I am listening about the Bible. I'm listening to the Bible while I'm doing all this. And I kind of backed up, and I'm like, I wonder what fingerprints did I leave on that man? But not, see, it wasn't just that man, but everybody that drove and saw how I behaved, what did I leave on their mind about me? Let's pray. Precious God, I ask you this morning that you may blind everybody that sits here, everybody that listens on the internet, that they don't see a sinner like me, but today they see you, Lord. I surrender my life completely, Lord, and I ask you that you take over, that the words that come out of my mouth not be yours. I apologize, not be mine, a sinner like me, but they be your words, Lord. I surrender in your holy, precious name, amen. When Pastor Bernie had texted me and asked me was I available to speak on the 10th, I knew we were already in the series of Uncommon Joy. So I finally responded and says, yes, I can do the 10th. Now I assumed that by the time 10th, the 10th came by that we would be already all the way to the end of Philippians, Philippians 4. And I would be talking about, we can do all things to Christ. But he texts me, and as he texts me, he, the verses, he asked me to speak about Philippians 2, 14 through 18. I'm like wondering, I wonder what that one is. And it was about complaining. And I'm like, is he trying to tell me something? And as I'm reading this text, my wife and I, my wife's about to uh, make a left on Welch from Rock Springs Road, and she looks at me, she goes, you think? We can have a day without complaining. I looked at her and I wanted to say, I didn't say, but I wanted to say, Woman, are you calling me a complainer? And I started doing some soul searching. And after doing some soul searching, I stand up here and I like to say, Good morning, my My name is Ronald Acosta. I am a complainer. And before any of you guys shake your head, I'm sure all of you, or most of you, would be, in that meeting with me, about complainers. We live in a society of complainers. We complain about class, we complain about our cars, we complain about our house, we complain about our wives, our husbands. And let me tell you something there about complaining about our husbands and wives. You prayed for them. Stop complaining. We look at society and we, it is so easy to find complainers. On the internet, you can join a complainer's club. On the Orlando Sentinel, they have a section that's not called complainers, it's called the ticked-off section. Now, I'm sure somebody here must have read it, but if you've never read the ticked-off section in the Orlando uh, section, let me share some with you. I'm ticked off that I can't get my wife to pressure wash our sidewalk. The next door lady just got back from a cruise and she has time to do her walk. My wife sits around in meetings all day and doesn't have time to do ours. Now our walks look, look bad next to our neighbor. I'm ticked off because a stink bug landed on my umbrella and I didn't know where the awful smell was coming from until I finally saw the dead stink bug stuck to my umbrella. Gross. I'm ticked off that every time I go to buy any kind of fruit in a grocery store, it's either getting spoiled or it's out of season. I'm ticked off that our company wants to pay, doesn't want to pay overtime, but they expect you to get all the work done. I'm ticked off at the people that don't appreciate what they have and all they do is complain about what they don't have. I'm ticked off at stores being open on Thanksgiving. We live in a society that it's okay to complain. Go on Facebook. This year has been, at least to me, one of the most embarrassing political race that I remember. And as I looked at Facebook and wondered what people were posting as well, I wonder if you ever thought what impression you left on somebody because of what you write or post or what you say on Facebook or any media. If you're gonna complain about your job, You're gonna be in the same place. I'll share this with you. If you're gonna complain, don't pray about it. Just in case you didn't get it. If you're gonna complain about something, don't pray about it. God's not in the business of complaining. He's in the business of faith. We looked at Philippians 2, 14 through 13. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. I decided to keep track of things that frustrate me. And I'm ashamed to say that I'm over three pages right now. I'm not gonna read all of them to you, but I'm gonna share some of it with you. I have a complaint that I got a bill of $5,000 the other day. I was in the hospital uh, in Denver. I was flying to Denver, to our school in Denver, and I passed out on the plane. I ended up getting to the hotel. The next morning, I ended up in the hospital. I get back just recently now, and I get a $5,000 bill, which I have no idea how I'm gonna pay I complain, my wife calls my car a death trap. My coworkers are embarrassed to get into the car because they're afraid something will happen. I complain about traffic. Now, don't picture this, just listen to this story. I wake up every morning at 4.10 in the morning to get to the gym by five. I get to the gym, I work out with Uh, Chuck Smith and Howie Baez. I'm in the shower, and excuse me, but I finish showering, I put on, I dry myself, and I grab my boxers, and I'm getting ready to put them on, and I, I get and put them on. I don't know how, but my little toe got caught. And as they got caught, I go flying out of the shower curtain with the shower curtain and as I was heading across to the other shower I see that the biggest guy in the gym is in there so thank God that I think and I still can move and I did one of those football spins and I spin and headed into the other shower that was empty but in the process of heading to the other shower I hit the same toe uh, on the ledge of the shower and I end up in the shower I have a right to complain now. I look at my toe and I know it's all messed up. I have to walk to the locker where I know Howie and Chuck are there, and they know I'm not complaining, so I have to come with a smile and not complain. I have to put on my dress shoes with a messed up toe. I have a right to complain. But here it says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped, crooked generation that you all shine among like a star. We leave our fingerprints on everybody that comes by us. I started looking at my complaints differently. I got a $5,000 bill that I can make payments on. And I can thank God that the doctors found out what was wrong with me and I'm alive and I'm healed. My death trap car, like my wife calls it, it has four wheels and it gets me back and forth to work. I had a meeting to go to in uh, um, Tampa and my wife says, why don't you just rent the car for the day? There's nothing wrong with my car. That night, I didn't sleep. I had a bad night. I was exhausted. Now, Linda's worried about me in the car and falling asleep. Let me tell you, when I got it on 429, and I got that car to do 70 miles an hour, it made so much noise that I couldn't fall asleep because I was too busy looking out the window and the rear mirrors in case something fell off the car. I'm blessed that I made it safely to my meeting. My meeting went well. I was exhausted, and on the way back when I hit 75 to get onto I-4, when I hit that 70-mile, I was awake. Now, the gym part. And I know for some of you probably are still stuck that I wake up early and go to the gym with this body. It doesn't look like it. But under all this, there is some sort of muscles the gym part, in the shower. Can you imagine if I didn't do that cool spin around and ended up in the other shower? Can you imagine what would've happened to me if I'd gone straight into the shower with this hulk hogging looking guy? I'm sure he would've beat me up before and then asked questions. Why am I in the shower with him? So I am blessed. I am blessed that that didn't happen to me. I ask you today to think about not complaining the rest of the year. Look at things differently. You see, you come to church every week, you pray, but why do you complain? Do you not have faith? And and I'm not pointing fingers at no one. Let's make it clear because if any fingers need to be pointed, they go right back to me. I do a lot of counseling at the university, and I hear a lot of stories that our young people go through. And some of them are heartbreaking. But I wanna share a story with you of a young lady when there's usually an incident, somebody gets into fails a test or is getting left dismissed from a program or did something, I'm usually the first one that gets called in to be there. I learned throughout the years to ask questions before I get there, so I'm prepared mentally to say the right things to the student. But I got a call this in the morning, and, and it, you could sell, tell it was a panic voice from one of the secretaries uh, from one of the departments saying that I needed to get here right away, and I'm like, okay, I'm on my way, and can you tell me, click. I didn't get a chance, so as I'm running to, to the nursing building, thinking of possibly what was happening, and what I need to be prepared for, and as I'm praying, I walked into an office and I saw a young lady that let me make it clear, she looked terrible. She must have been, she had been crying for days. A brush hadn't touched her hair. She had a blanket wrapped around her. And what was going to come out of her mouth, I didn't expect. As the professor looked at her, and says, share with Reynolds what's going on. And as she started trying to share through tears, she tells me that her son's father, which she's no longer with, this, her son's father was at, a, at his girlfriend's house. His girlfriend left uh, to go to work and left their daughter uh, with this, this guy that uh, and this guy ended up shaking this 18 year old baby and killing her and I'm f- listening to the story of this girl telling me what's going on and I calmed her down and I said, why don't we walk to my office? And we walked to my office, and we started talking. And we, I said, why don't you make an appointment that you see me on a weekly basis, and we'll talk. We started doing it on a weekly basis. And she tells me she feels guilty because of that baby being murdered. And I'm like, why do you feel guilty? And she starts telling me that a while back, he tried to kill himself and she cut the rope and if she wouldn't have cut the rope that baby would still be alive and as I'm listening to this and I'm telling her this is not your fault because you couldn't live with yourself if you didn't cut the rope in one of our sessions I asked her why don't you write a letter to this guy but don't sugarcoat it, I want you to write what's in your heart, write it. She did. Now, we didn't intend to send it to him. The deal was she'd write the letter, and then she'd come over to the office, and we would burn it. Well, that day she came into my office, she goes, I finished the letter. Do you want to read it, she asked, and I said, no. I said, but if you like, you can read it to me. And as she reads this letter that she wrote to this person, and tears are coming down, we finished that letter and we went outside. She said, I had a little uh, burning uh, fire pit. She said on the stairs, I grabbed the chair and we burned all eight pages. And I asked her, how do you feel? She said, I feel good, I feel better. She goes, but there's more. She goes, I still have what he did to me throughout the years. And I asked her, do you feel comfortable writing everything? And she said to me, yes, but it's really bad. Do you really want to hear it? And I'm like, oh, you're not writing it for me. What would you think of me? And I told the young lady, because I tell this to all the students, and none of us have the right to judge anybody. I tell those kids that I see them, whatever they do doesn't change my opinion of them. Because all those kids that I deal with, I only see a child of God. I don't see anything else past that. She goes, there are some bad things that he's done to me. I'm like, it's okay. Have you shared it with anybody? And she said, no, I shared it some with my mom but she doesn't want to heal all of it. I said, why don't we deal with it? She came to the office with a stack of papers. She asked me, did I want to read it? And I told her again, no. I said, but if you like, go ahead and read it. She sat there, over an hour. I heard things that I couldn't believe was possible. After we finished, we went back outside. We burned the letter, page by page. That day, she looked at me, she says, I'm done. I'm putting it all in God's hands. I'm not complaining about it. That girl had a lot to complain about, folks. I will tell you, she's a nurse, a great mom, working with other people that gone through something similar because I don't think anybody would ever gone through what this girl had ever gone. She called me the other day, we still stay in touch, and she says, I got something for you for Christmas, and I always tell students, don't get me anything. She goes, it's too late, I got it. She bought me these socks. And I told her I would wear them. (laughs) What do people see when they see you? There's a story told about a pastor flying from California heading to New York, and he was landing in LaGuardia Airport. And when he landed at LaGuardia Airport and was picked up, they asked him how his flight was. And he said it was the worst flight that he ever has been on. It was really rocky. Uh, You heard a lot of complaining, Uh, a lot of praying, but a lot of complaining. Uh, People really didn't think that they were going to make it. But what caught his eye was a little girl who was sitting in front of him on the other aisle. The all three seats was hers. She was by herself. And he spent most of the flight just staring at this little girl, being amazed because this little girl would be coloring, reading, playing with her dolls, while well, everybody's like, oh, Lord, we're going to die. Please let us make it. She didn't budge. And it bothered him. And he was wondering, what is, is this girl on another plane? When they landed, you know how pastors are. They need to talk to everybody. When they landed, he, he walked to this little girl and says, hi, how are you? She looked up with a beautiful smile, she says, he says, I'm fine, thank you. He goes, can I ask you a question? And she looks back, I'm sure. And we're talking about a little girl, says, were you scared? Of what? Did you not feel the plane going up and down? She goes, yeah. Were you nervous? For what? The plane, you know, up and down. No. And that pastor was amazed that a little girl like that didn't complain, didn't panic. But as he started walking, the doors had opened and you start walking out the plane. She says, mister? And he turned around and says, yes? Yes? My daddy is a pilot, and he said he was going to bring me home safely. I will say to you, how dare you complain and worry and pray. Because if you're here, you've given your life to God. Let him be in charge. you know, we made planes to see if it can get us to heaven. And it got us up, but not high enough. And they figured, well, the planes are not going to get us to heaven. Let's figure out what else can we build to get us to heaven. And somebody had the idea of building a rocket to get us to heaven. Obviously, we're not in heaven, so that didn't work either. But let me explain something to you. What does get us to heaven is this. Jesus gave everything up for you and for me. Jesus loves you and me unconditionally. And if anybody ever had anything to complain about, was the way this man was abused and treated? So next time you decide to complain about your church, some of you'll probably leave here complaining about the sermon, but that's okay. But before you leave here, complain about the church, the traffic, your life, we all have a story. Why don't you go to the cross and tell God, take it over. Precious God, I'm a complainer and I don't wanna complain anymore, God. And I apologize to you that when my life gets all messed up and I complain and I'm telling you I apologize to you, God. I ask you to help me and everyone else here to stop our complaining so when others see us, they don't see a complainer, but they see you, and they want to follow us. In your holy, precious name, amen.